Thank you for joining us. Uh, this is We Become Church. This is my wife, Tori. I am Alan. Um, and at We Become Church, our goal and mission is to help people become who God has uniquely uh, created them to be because we believe God doesn't make any junk, He doesn't make any mistakes, and He doesn't make anything He doesn't plan on using. So if God has allowed you to be born into this life, into this time, it's not by accident, it's not by mistake, it's because He has a unique purpose and plan for your life. So I'll um, open up in prayer. Uh, then my wife, Tori, is going to uh, go over the review of what we did last week, and then we'll take it from there. <clears throat> Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for the people who will tune in to, to view this uh, now and in the future. And we pray, Lord, that what they hear would help them to, to better come to know you and to draw closer to you. And we pray that anyone who hears this will not just be hearers of the word, but they will be doers also. And they will take to the scriptures for themselves and read your word for themselves and then apply your word to, to their lives so that they can get the full benefit of your word. Because your word has a plan and a purpose for each one of us and it helps us to become more like Christ. And it helps us to become the people that you have called us to be. And I pray for this time in your word. And we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you've been following along, you know we're in Matthew chapter 6. Um, and getting to the end of Matthew chapter 6, we were last stopped at verse 34. Um, I like reading out of the New Living Translation that says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So with that, we kind of went off into this little, um, <laughs> I don't want to say tailspin or rabbit trail, but we definitely fell down some type of hole um, <laughs> and have been talking about anxiety. <clears throat> so if you, again, have been watching the videos, you know that we talked about anxiety is kind of like a pre-worry because you're worked up and you're having these feelings. And a lot of times it's about things that haven't even happened. So it's different than Worry, which is usually like a current situation um, that you don't know the outcome of versus anxiety, which is a fear of a fear or a fear of potentially negative yeah. things occurring. Um, so with this about talking about don't worry about tomorrow, reflecting on the pre-worry or in some translations, it says be anxious for nothing. Um, that's how we kind of got into this little tear with the anxiety. But hopefully you're getting a lot out of it. Uh, it's definitely helping me. And again, like I said last week, go back, watch some of the previous videos. Um, if it helped you or blessed you, listen to it again, because um, we're not all, you know, masters of something that we hear the first time um, or that we try the first time. But to continue to, you know, let those things feed into you and also read the word on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, if you're literate and have the ability, read it. And if not, there's an app for that. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can listen to it. Yes. You can hear it. And like Bible Gateway, there's many different voices you can have read the Word of God to you. Yeah. And it's good, too, for enunciation, for those names that are hard to pronounce or those words that are difficult to pronounce. Yeah, if you care that much, sometimes I just make up new names for them. You'd be like, oh, Theophilus, I'm going to call him Thomas. <laughs> but anyway, um, as the Bible says, Faith comes by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. And so it's important that we put that good into us so that way we can get the good out of us. Um, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about per se, but um, I'm always fascinated by infomercials because, I mean, you start watching it, you get sucked into it, um, but they have a situation and it could be the easiest thing like sharpening a pencil. You just want, oh, sharpen a pencil, uh, you know, and then when they do the product or whatever it is, oh, it's so smooth and it's so nice. Um, but it's that show and tell demonstration. And the reason why millions of people buy this special pencil sharpener or whatever it is that they're selling is because they believe that it would work. They believe that it would work because they saw other people using it, but they heard it. They heard what they were saying. Oh, lifetime guarantee sharpens, sharp as a knife. You know, you don't need a pencil sharp as a knife. But what they said convinced the hearers that they believed in that product that they've never even tried. And it convinces them to buy it. And so it's that faith that comes by hearing. And so if we're going to believe in things that we hear, how much more important is it to hear the things of God? Amen. You know, put those good things into your spirit. You're having doubts. You're having worry. You're having anxiety. You're having stress. I mean, who doesn't? Um, like we talked last week, Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. Every promise of God is true. God promised it. It happens. Um, but to help us through that, we have to increase our faith. One way we can do that is by hearing the word of God. So um, that's where I was going with that. Anyway, uh, so last week, just to recap, because my husband has a lot to get into, um, we talked about Philippians 4, um, and we did verses 6 through 9, I believe. Yes. And we broke it down and everything. I'm not going to go all through that again. But just to reiterate on some points that we went through um, about not to worry, but instead, um, and again, it's not a condemnation, like don't do it, you know, um, it's an instruction not to, but it's letting you know there's an alternative to worrying. That's why it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Um, so you have options. Um, we talked about having God's peace and that God's peace is an active peace. It's not just a passive peace. Um, it's not the absence of chaos, but it will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We talked about that continuum of staying, you know, um, with God and, and walking through with it um, and not just getting the feel goods. And then when something doesn't go your way, you know, you kind of like wander off. Um, fixing our thoughts, being focused on things that are true, that are right. We talked about avoiding mental contamination um, and different contaminants that come into our mind, um, fixing our thoughts, focusing on things that are right, pure, true, honorable. You have the Bible. You can read it. Go back to last week. It's online. Um, keep putting these things into practice. It's a continuum um, until we get to the point where we're like Jesus and we've mastered it all. Um, you got to keep putting these things into practice. So it's not a one and done. Um, it's not like, oh, that helped me with this situation, but it can't help with that situation. Every situation we're faced with, it's going to continue to help us if we continue to follow these instructions. Um, so that was last week's recap, and I'll kind of pause it there and let my husband get into yeah. stuff he has. <clears throat> and one of the things last week we mentioned was uh, be careful of the company you keep. And it's not just people, it's the things you watch, the things you consume, mm -hmm. 
I mean, we all have, well, most people, I assume, not all of us, have smartphones. But a lot of people have smartphones, so you have pretty much the internet in the palm of your hand. But also so do your children, so do other people. And so we have to kind of regulate what we allow to, to come into our spirit and to be fed to our, to our minds. Um, the same way you wouldn't eat certain things or you wouldn't eat too much of a certain thing. Like, it's not that cell phones are a bad thing, not that the internet is a bad thing, but when you spend the majority of your time on social media rather than reading God's word or praying, then there's a priority issue. Things are out of balance. And if we have good checks and balances, then we'll have a, a better life. And so it's important not to just allow anything and everything to to come across come across our eyes or to come into our ears or just to be a part of every conversation that that happens in our presence we can remove ourselves from those situations we don't have to take part in those conversations we don't have to listen to every story that isn't beneficial to us that someone has to has to say we don't have to watch everything that we, that comes across our phone we don't have to watch every ad we don't have to read everyone's feed because everyone's not everyone's not trying to encourage you and uplift you and to build you up. Some people are just putting garbage out there. So we have to do a, do our do our due diligence in filtering what what we allow to come into our our into our space. What we allow ourselves to see, to view, to hear. Um, so again, this is um, God's prescriptions for anxiety. And so one of the things is read God's word. And the scripture um, it, this made me think of was Hebrews uh, 4.12. Uh, for the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. And like we've mentioned, we've been in Matthew 6 since about November. And we've been dealing with worry, anxiety, and fear for, it's been a while now, at least a, at least a month. <laughs> um, but it's because God's word is alive. Like, we do a lesson, we do a study, and then in preparing for the next week, we want to kind of give a recap over what we did the following week, and new things jump out at us, and we see new things, especially the part where Jesus says, don't worry about this life. So then it hit us, maybe two weeks after, like how hindering worry, fear, and anxiety is to life. Because if you think about it, because we believe, you know, God doesn't make any junk. He doesn't make any mistakes. He doesn't make anything. He doesn't plan on using. So if you're here, God has a plan and purpose for this life. And if you're fearful or afraid of something, how likely are you to pursue it? You're more likely to avoid it. If you're afraid of the water, you don't know how to swim, you're more likely to avoid the water. So 
if we're fearful of the things that God has called us to do, we're more likely to avoid those things rather than pursue those things. So that's why we want to really just do our best to really stamp this out and give the best examples, solutions from God's word to deal with this, to remedy this, so that we can be more effective in living our lives for Christ and living a life that is pleasing to him and doing things that he has called us to do, how he has called us to do them, not being fearful about what someone might think, what someone might say, how we might be viewed in doing what God has called us to do. So that's what this scripture is, though. Like the word of God, is, it's alive. Every time we look at it, we go back over what we did last week, we get something new out of it. And that carries over, which is why we're still technically in Matthew <laughs> 6, which is fine because we're, we're, we're benefiting, benefiting from it tremendously. Now, the next scripture, uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 and 17, all scripture. And this is the amplified version. And the reason I use the amplified version is just expounds a little more it just gives you a little more um kind of pulls more out of the word not not that it pulls more out of the word it just it's a little pre-digested yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been tenderized so you can get the, the goodness out quicker yeah, without yeah. struggling so much so second timothy 3 16 through 17 all scripture is god breathed given by divine inspiration and it is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and morality and courage. 17. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that, that's pretty self-explanatory. All scripture is God, God breathed. And for our benefit, it's to help correct us and to help us to become and to be who God has designed and created us to be. It mentions it is to correct us of error. Sometimes we're in error. Sometimes our thinking is not right. Sometimes our behavior is not right. And reading God's word and being in, in God's word and being around other good godly people, good mature Christians or Christians who just desire to be in God's word as well will help point you to God's word and help correct you and help bring you back on the right path And also, um, oh, um, God's will, both publicly and privately. So it's not just when you're in front of people putting on a show, pretending to, to be a certain way and pretending to have a certain character. It's privately when no one's around, when no one's watching you, when no one is seeing what you're doing. And when it's just 
you and God, you still choose to do what's right and to live in a way that's pleasing to him because of his word, because of the the conviction of the word and because the word convicts you to want to do what is right and to want to live in a way that's pleasing to God. The next thing, you know, after reading God's word, and we should do this daily, we should do this often, we should be doing this much more than we would, we should spend more time in God's word than we do on Facebook. Not that we shouldn't be in Facebook, but what what's our priorities? What's more important? Keeping in touch with people, which which is important, or knowing God's word and and applying God's word to our life. And the the next thing is prayer, praying, spending time talking with your heavenly Father, spending time praying to God, talking to God, sharing your 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 cares, your concerns, and your situations, and whatever it is you're going through with God. I mean, we've said this before, and it doesn't get old. It's, it's just the truth. God is a good father, and he desires communication and relationship with his children. He desires to hear from us. In the scripture, well, I think we, we might have already used this, but that's fine. It's Philippians uh, 4, uh, 6 through 9. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, uh, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus verse 8 finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth worthy of praise, think about these things. What, verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And this is, uh, Tori um, really broke this down and um, explained this uh, on last week. These are the things we have to put into practice. Then we will receive God's peace. And like the analogy she used with Steph Curry, the reason he's able to make these ridiculous shots falling away with defenders draped all over him is because of the amount of practice he puts in that no one else has seen. So if we put in the same effort, not necessarily the same effort, if we have that same mindset as if we want to prepare perfect our walk with God we want to spend time in his word we want to spend time in prayer we want to constantly whenever there's something that would cause us to worry be anxious or be fearful we want to give those things to God and meditate on God's word and look back over our life at, at how God has brought us through certain situations and be reminded that well if he brought us through that he's going to certainly bring us through this and hold on to that Worry, anxiety, and fear will become less and less and less and less of an influence in our lives, and we'd be freer to do the things that God would have us to do. Um, Psalms uh, 34.4, this is David talking. He said, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. And again, this is just giving things to God 
talking to him, letting him know what's going on. What are you fearful about? What is that situation in your life? What are those those people in your life that are just causing you anxiety? Whatever it is that's going on, God cares. He desires to hear about it. He desires to hear your voice. He desires to communicate with you. He desires to help you through whatever it is you're going through because he cares and he's a good father. And the the last thing I have is trust. Trust in God's power and in God's might. Trust in his word. Believe God. And this is, again, like I was saying, reflect over what God has done in your life. Like, I'm currently employed after being laid off four times. But in looking for this job that I have now, I started to worry. I started to feel like I'm never going to find a job. Then I had to, like, stop myself and say, hey, remember those last three times you were laid off? Didn't God provide? Didn't God see you see you through? It's like, did you did you miss any meals? Did you, you know, God provided, God came through. It might not have been always been in a way that I thought he should have come through, but he's God. He knows far better than I do. He's always come through. He's always provided good jobs, good employment for, for me and my family. And he's always taking care of us. So why would I think he would stop doing that now? So it's like when that starts to creep in, you kind of have to, you know, like the, the Bible says, take every thought captive. You kind of have to not allow that to go any further than when you notice it. Because that's all you can do. You can't do anything before you notice something. So as soon as you notice it, then you take that thought. Nope. God has taken care of us. God has not abandoned us. God has not left us. God has not brought us this far to abandon us now. Kind of take those thoughts captive. Reflect on God's word. Look back over your life and remember the things he has done for you and, and how he has brought you through. In the scripture, Psalms uh, 94, 19. Uh, verse 19 says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comfort delights my soul. So God is a comfort in times of stress and anxiety. We all have stressful times. We all have times of anxiety. But let's be reminded that we have a God. We have a good heavenly father who loves us, who is looking out for us, and who has our best interests at, at, at heart. And... um. One thing I would urge you to, to read, read this entire chapter. It's, it's, and it's really, it's, it's, um, the emphasis of it is how the Lord God will not forsake his people. So I encourage you, uh, to really, um, to read through all of, uh, Psalms, Psalms 94. Uh, the next one is, uh, Psalms 55, 22. And this is David when David is in distress. He says, as for me, I call to the Lord. And the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. And verse 22 of that says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be saken. So again, just another scripture attesting that God is with you. God will see you through whatever your situation is and whatever you're going through. Psalms 56.3, and again, this is David. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. So when we're afraid, 
regardless of the situation, put our trust in God, put our faith in God. When we're afraid, trust in him, trust in him. So the final thoughts are, you know, keeping with the sports analogy. My, my wife mentioned Steph Curry uh, last week. Not that we're saying we're Warriors fans or anything, um, but one of the th final thoughts is to start the process. If you're someone who kind of when these when worry, anxiety, and fear come upon you, you just kind of like my wife mentioned, go along for the roller coaster ride. Start the process of stopping, thinking, assessing your thoughts. Is this valid? Is is this true? What is causing this? And 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 start to to pray about it. Start to dig into God's word. Start the process, and the reason I mentioned a sports analogy is the Philadelphia 76ers have a saying when they seemed to be tanking. They weren't tanking, but they <laughs> appeared to be because uh, they drafted, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Markel Fultz. Um, they were saying, trust the process. Like, you know, things look bad now, but we're, we're trying to improve our, our team. And the same thing with this. When you're starting... You might get frustrated. Things might seem like they're not getting better. Trust the process. Trust the process of praying, reading God's word. Trust God ultimately. Trust in him. Trust that he will come through and trust that he will see you through. And um, one thought I had too with just this whole like trusting in God. Um, it's uh, God is not only able to heal the sick, but he's also able to raise the dead. Meaning, it's not just situations in your life that just seem sickly or just seem like they need a little help. It's those things in your life that seem totally dead, dormant, forgotten about, no hope. God is able to resurrect those as well. Give every, cast all your cares upon the Lord. Give Him every situation. He is able to restore everything god is able to do things we cannot comprehend and uh, my last scripture is second thessalonians three sixteen, and this is the amplified version verse 16 and it says now may the lord of peace himself grant you his peace at all times and in every way that peace and spiritual well-being that comes to those who walk with him regardless of life's circumstances the lord be with you and this is just such a beautiful verse it's the peace of god god will grant you his peace in all of life's circumstances as long as you continue to walk with him regardless of life's circumstances so don't allow life circumstances to draw you away from god stick close to him do your best to dig your heels in that time and say, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to stay in his word, I'm going to pray, I'm going to seek, and I'm going to pursue him. Amen. Thank you. Um, I hope that you got as much out of that as I did. Um, I'm personally going to have to go back and watch that. Um, one of the things that I was doing while you were talking, I was just taking notes on, on the different scriptures you mentioned. Um, and for homework, <laughs> I think that'd be a good thing to do, um, to write down scriptures that have significance to you. Um, if you aren't familiar with the Bible, you don't know any scriptures, go back and listen to some of the ones that he mentioned. 
you know, and, you know, whatever speaks to you, write it down. So it's like a reminder to yourself um, to trust in God and also to follow through on his word. Because like we talked about before, you know, his word is able to sustain us. It's not like a person's opinion that can, you know, change or is meaningless, but it's um, concrete and it's stationary and it's a solid foundation. Um, I had a thought, but we're kind of close. So um, one of the things that you mentioned in the beginning um, and that I had looked up was about being uh, distracted. And when I was looking up the Philippians 4, 6, the be, you know, anxious for nothing. And the word that they used in the Greek, which I'm not going to try to pronounce. Um, <laughs> I don't want to offend any of my Greek friends. <laughs> um, it's in the definitions of it. It's actually saying one of the definitions is distracted. So distracted um, or to be drawn in opposite directions. So um, in this concordance um, of definitions I found, it's a part as opposed to a whole um, to go in pieces, to be pulled apart in different directions, like a force is exerted um, by either sin or anxiety or worry. So it's kind of that severing. So if something is going in two different directions, it's not going to be sustained. It's going to be torn apart. Yeah. And so that's kind of what anxiety does to your spirit. Because like I talked about, anxiety is the pre-wary. So you're trying to fix a problem that hasn't even occurred. And you're basically trying to live in the future. <laughs> when you are anxious, you're technically trying to do something that is absolutely physically impossible. And that's why it's so detrimental, because no matter how hard you try or you work or whatever, um, it's there's nothing you can do about it. I can't live in tomorrow today. I just can't. It's not because of me. It's because it's the way life is. Um, I can only live in today. And, you know, what I do with today is up to me. But I cannot live in tomorrow any more than I can fix what happened yesterday. And so when we have that anxiety, it not only distracts us, but it divides us. Um, and as Jesus said um, in Matthew, a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. A lot of people think that was Abe Lincoln, but he got that from Jesus. He copied his speech. Um, <laughs> um, but he's saying like, you know, even a town or a family that's, you know, splintered by feuding, it's going to fall apart. If anybody has any family, um, <laughs> you may have known some situations where things did not go well, um, and it could be big or little, but things fell apart because there was a division. No family has ever fallen apart because everyone agreed. I mean, <laughs> it's always something that's a difference, and that difference, some go this way, some go that way, but everyone's gone. Um, and so we, Jesus is saying if something is divided against itself, it cannot stand. It cannot last. It can't be sustained. Um, and so if this is talking about a kingdom or a family, how much more so a person? Anxiety puts you like at war within yourself against yourself. And you're there trying to do the impossible. So it's an absolutely futile situation. And um, I'm only bringing this up to help us better understand it. Um, it's not to say that we can defeat it by logic. But it's just to kind of get a better um, 
handle on what it really is and what it's really doing. It's not just something like, oh, well, I get anxious sometimes. Yeah, well, we all, you know, have things, but sometimes in your life or some people struggle with anxiety more than others. Um, and they don't, they don't know what it is. Sometimes it just gets some like, oh, I just get a feeling. I'm just so nervous, like nervous about what? I don't know. I'm just, you know, they're just tense. They're just tight. They're just on the edge. But what it is, is because that fear of the unknown, they don't know what's going to happen, but yet they're trying to live in that pre, you know, um, circumstance. Um, I don't want to get into this, but I do want to mention it. <laughs> um, in James, verse five, what chapter is this? James one, there we go. Verse five, um, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So we all need help when we have a source of help. His name is Jesus. He is there. So many times we struggle with things, not because God's not able to do it, but because we won't take our hands off it and we won't give it to him. Or we give him, like Alan was saying, you know, the little things, but not the big things. If God can carry the weight of the world and suspend it on nothing and it hasn't fallen, I think he can handle your tax return, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever situation it is that seems so insurmountable and huge to you. Um, that's really not a problem to him. He's totally not intimidated by what's going on in your life. Um, it says, but in verse six, when you ask, be sure that um, your faith is in God alone. Alone. That's a huge word. I'm not going to break it all down today, but. Not in your abilities, but your faith is in God. Your faith is in God alone. And do not waver. Do not change opinions. Do not go back and forth. Um, I call it being squirrelish. You've all seen squirrels. Um, they'll start to run out into the middle of the road, and they probably could make it if they just sprinted. But no, they stop, and then they go back, and then they stick their tail up, and they're like, what should I do? You should get off the road. I'm kill you by accident. But <laughs> I can't just slam on my brakes and swerve into oncoming traffic because you haven't made up your mind if you want to cross the street or not, you know, get your nut. Um, but when we're squirrelish in our um, beliefs, it's hard to progress. We have to put our faith and our confidence in God and God alone. We have to work with him in the process, but it's not us who's doing, it's him. Um, put your faith in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalties here we go, is unsettled as a wave by the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Um, we've all seen waves either online or in person. You know what they do. I'm not going to get into this right now. But the reason why the waves go is because the winds and they, the winds change. And so as the winds change and the forces pull, it divides and it creates a separation. Um, and so when we're unsettled, when we have a divided loyalty, um, we're not sure who we want to be steadfast to. We think we trust God, but we know so much that it's hard for us to continue to walk with him and to trust him. And so we'll give him part of the problem, but we'll wait and see how he does with it. Um, and meanwhile, while he's working and he thinks that, you know, we're not paying attention, we're going to try to fix it ourselves. And, oh, let me just make one more phone call. Or what about, let me just do this. Let me just do that. Let me, let me, let me. And yet we wonder why God hasn't fixed it. Or why hasn't God intervened? Or why hasn't God directed? God has. He does. 
He will continue to, but we have to stay the course. And when those things come up, like Alan was saying, that want to, you know, tempt your mind and pull you in the opposite direction of where you're going, you got to stop and you got to make your mind up. You got to either go for it or if you feel like this is too much, all right, take a pause. Have that silence with God. Have that peace that passes all understanding. Your mind can't comprehend it. That's what that means. It's a peace that surpasses. It's more than we can understand. Um, because again, God's peace is not the absence of chaos. Um, but it's that assurance that he'll work it out for our good. Um, so not to be wavering, not to have a divided loyalty. Well, God, I love you today, but I'm mad at you tomorrow. Um, or I, I, I'm following you, but at a 10 foot distance, and I'm also going to entertain my own thoughts. Um, but to be settled. Um, and when those storms come and when things try to rock you, that you, like Alan said, you, you dig your heels in the ground. You know, you, you can fight back. You do have options. Um, but I would just encourage people to get a verse to stand on. You know, um, if you're new to the Bible, if you're new to Bible study, if, you know, you're not familiar with scriptures, um, this is God's word. And like he said, not because he said it, but because the scripture says it, it's alive. It's active. Um, it kind of reminds me of yeast. I don't know if you ever baked, but yeast comes in these little dry packets and then you mix them with the sugar water. And then all of a sudden they start foaming up because like these little microscopic things are like eating the sugar and they're all like alive and it makes your bread rise, all this stuff. But what seems dormant is actually alive and active. You just have to put it in that right environment to activate it. Same thing with your, the word of God. It can be a book on a shelf. It can level your coffee table or it can change your entire life. You have to put it in the right environment so it can activate. Amen. Uh, so we're past time, but we'll close out in prayer and join us next week. Um, <clears throat> Father God, thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for those who will who have heard this now or will hear this in the future. But I pray, Lord, regardless of who hears it and when they hear it, I pray it would be a blessing to them and be exactly what they need to hear for their current situation and whatever it is that they're going through. I pray, Lord God, that they would desire and to start the process to, to, to pray, to read your word, to trust you, and to continue to trust the process and not be deceived because things don't seem to be going how they think they should be going. Help them to trust in you and to know that you don't make any mistakes, that you have all things in control, that you are able to keep that which is committed unto your hand. And I pray you would draw all of us closer to you and help us to view worry, anxiety, and fear the same way that you do and help us to apply your word to our lives and help 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 us to allow you to change us and to to surrender those areas to you that 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 where we fall short that we can become the people you would have us to become and we thank you and we love you in Jesus name amen amen tune in next week 7:30 <laughs>